0: Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit union people, credit union ideas.
1: Fintechs are here. Now credit unions must decide whether it's in their best interest to form partnerships with them or work independently and compete against them. I'm Jennifer Woltz, a senior editor for CUNA News and Credit Union Magazine. I recently spoke with Jeremy Pinard, the vice president of consumer lending at Alliant Credit Union a $10.6 billion asset credit union in Chicago. We talked about fintechs and how credit unions can partner with or compete against them to provide their members with the products and services they need. Jeremy, we hear a lot about fintechs and how they're disruptors at credit unions, and either we need to work with them or um, compete with them to offer services that members want. So how does Alliant Credit Union approach fintechs?
0: Over the last couple of years, we've really uh, taken the approach of we need to learn about them. And one way to learn about them is partnering with, with them. Um, it's, it's being in places or in markets that they're in and understanding what they're bringing to the consumer that we might not be bringing to the consumer. And I think that's one thing for us at Align is really trying to figure out with our target market um, member – the ones that we want to attract at alliance like why are they using these fintechs and why is it um, something that they go to the fintechs instead of come to us?
1: So if a credit union decides they want to work with a fintech, how do you suggest they go about that process?
0: I guess I would say first and foremost, they need to understand what their ultimate goal is. Is it to partner in terms of offering a product or service that they don't believe they can offer? Or is it to learn from them and develop a product or service that will compete against the fintech, or is it a hybrid model? Do, do, do you see um, as a credit union understanding what you're going to provide to the member, and this is just the service that you don't want to really provide? Um, I think that's something you have to know up front. And then it's also going about it. You got to have a lot of governance and structure in place, and you, you need to Go into it with your eyes wide open, so to speak, is and understand what this is going to mean for you and your members, and how who's going to control the member experience along the way. Are you are they going to control? It or are you going to be in, embedded in a, a portion of it, or is it? Um, are you just turning it over to them?
1: So there's some kind of an evaluation kind of type process. And I'm guessing not all fintechs are the same in terms of you got your really good ones and you got some that may be a little sketchy, maybe. So how do you do that evaluation yeah, process? Yeah, what do you look for?
0: Yeah, for us, that was a big part of the process. Did the culture of the partner that we built with Happy Money, um, formerly known as Payoff, fit our culture and how we want to interact with our members? And I think that's key is, does that partnership fit within your understanding of how you want your members to be treated? You know, some of the fintechs out there A churn and burn model. They're just churning loans. Um, Whereas the one we partnered with, Happy Money, they take a different approach and it really fit better with our member uh, experience.
1: Now, you've mentioned Happy Money and that you've partnered with them. Can you tell us a little bit about them, what they are, what they do, and and how they work with you?
0: Yeah, they're actually really great. And I recommend you go to their site and take a look at it. But um, essentially, they come from a perspective of um, debt causes stress for consumers and consumers struggle with dealing with that stress. And they're really trying to come from an approach of, they do this analysis of your personality and they'll interact with you based on a survey or a questionnaire you take and they'll gear their communications to you to kind of, um, speak the language of that individual consumer. And then they want to move you from this you know, borrower to saver to investor through this chain. And it's really a community I think they're trying to build. Uh, well, I know they're trying to build it and, and they're working along that idea that debt is not good, that long term people need to get out of debt. And so I think that's a little bit different than some of the fintechs out there.
1: So, is it kind of like a financial literacy education type program? Or? Yeah,
0: I guess. I mean, obviously, they would explain it better. But from my perspective, when we sat down with them, they're really trying to understand the consumer psychology of how do they manage this debt? And then they offer products and services up to move them through that life cycle of borrower, saver, investor. So, what's been your members' response? You know, we don't send our members to them directly. Um, We're kind of the back-end balance sheet play right now with them. Uh, But what I would say is that we're learning from them. So as part of this partnership, they opened up their doors to us, kind of let us look under the hood and see how they do things. And what we've tried to do is internally for our members build a similar product that we can provide to our members and take that approach from providing a good, unsecured loan, term loan with um, friendly terms uh, for our members. So It's a little bit of a. We don't directly push our members there. We learn from them and provided this product for our members.
1: How long have you been working with them?
0: We've been working with them for I think two years now, almost three. And uh, officially, I think a year and a half, two years ago, we launched the product or the partnership. But we've been talking to them for two to three years.
1: And have you seen results?
0: Yes, uh, I mean the the performance of the partnership we have on the paper side, uh, where we're the balance sheet for them, and. It's phenomenal paper. It's performing really, really well. And it's, again, they have a targeted niche market that they're going after where these consumers are really taking that approach. I want to pay down the debt. I don't want to just, some other companies are very churn, get a new one, pay it off, get a new one, pay it off. They really want to move that consumer through it. Um, I can tell you from the consumer lending side, it's been great working with them to, to talk to the folks over there and how their decision engine, what the criteria they're using. It just It makes us better and smarter.
1: So it seems like almost kind of a a learning environment and experience for you guys where you can come back and and offer even better stuff to your, your members yeah. that will help them get on there.
0: Absolutely. I think that's one thing. You know, we built our own LOS over the last four years, and obviously they were during that time we started talking to them. I think a lot of things they do there, we're starting to look at how do we bring it into our LOS and use different criteria and data points to make better decisions um, and, and approve more loans for our members because sometimes we don't do the best job of finding those data points that help us prove deeper into the credit uh, tiers. We tend to be super prime. So it's been a great learning experience. And, and I'll, I'll have to say, going back to your original question, why do you partner? We knew we wanted to partner from a balance sheet reason. We thought it was a great opportunity for investment purposes, but it also is this learning side, like, can we get involved with Happy Money and learn how they are really controlling that member experience, how they're making a seamless uh, process that's truly scalable.
1: So you sound like you have a great example of, of working with a fintech. For a credit union that maybe decides... We don't want to work with them. We want to be competitive with right. with them. What do they need to do?
0: So do your homework. I mean, really, one of the things that I tell credit unions all the time is don't be afraid of them. You know, get in there and do your homework. Have conversations with them. Um, you know, talk to them. Figure out what are they providing that consumer that is attracting the consumer to them. Because again, they're not offering the best rates. If you look out there, their rates aren't the best. I mean, credit unions' rates are typically better, but they're creating a frictionless process that's just easy. Uh, and simple, and um, and that's the thing I think that credit unions is don't point the finger and say they're bad. Go in and try to find out and do your research and see how you can maybe adopt the good parts and provide the member experience from a, uh, a low rate and ex- uh, service standpoint.
1: So you kind of touched on this already, but lots of information out there about fintechs and what they do and how they're going to impact the financial industry. What would you say are kind of like the top three things that credit unions need to keep in mind? Going forward, when having to uh, make decisions that could relate to a fintech or or how they operate to stay competitive with them, or
0: yeah, so I, I, th- that's a great question, and, and I think the, the number there's a couple things. I, I think we have to understand that digital experience is here to stay. It's not going away. It's not a fad. Um, you know, that you can look across the industry over time. There's some fads that come in and come out, um, but I think digital is here to stay forever. Consumers want instant approval. They want to do things on their mobile, and they want to do it easily. Uh, so I would say, you know, those are two of the big ones. And then I think one thing credit unions are going to have to get comfortable with is finding that niche and understanding you can't be everything to all members. So, again, I'll go back to the original questions. Maybe you figure out you can do three products well. Maybe it's a credit card, it's an auto loan, and a mortgage. And everything else you partner with other fintechs or other uh Companies or organizations that can provide those other products more efficiently and better, and you're you're either co-brand or however you want to make. It. But I really think that's where credit unions need to find the niche to survive. Um, you know, I've come from a com- small community credit union all the way up to Alliance, which is an online, you know, digital credit union. We only have two branches, and the, the same thing is consistent. You got to find where you can play and compete, and where you can't, you just have to partner or understand that maybe that's not a product you f- you provide to your members.
1: Anything about fintechs that we haven't discussed that you think is kind of big to bring up?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the interesting places is the autonomous cars and ride sharing. And how is that all going to play out in the sense that, you know, credit unions live and die on their auto loans? But what happens when a consumer's not buying an auto loan? Maybe they're buying a share of a car, or they're buying hours, or they're buying. Uh, some other uh, way to use a vehicle or the autonomous cars as well. How do we handle that and how, to, how do credit unions transition? Obviously, that's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a while. But I could see in some markets, city specifically, say Chicago, where in the next five or ten years, you could have autonomous cars that are put out there that a consumer doesn't own. They just rent um very similar to, you know, all the other things you can rent one time and turn it back in. So I think that's interesting to me. And how does that play out? And I'm not sure what the answer is. But I do know that I think credit unions just have to be thinking about how do we compete or how do we provide that finance option to our member that is going to buy a car with their neighbor or five neighbors or maybe people they don't even know.
1: So definitely, like you said, not something that's going to happen overnight, but really something that credit unions should be starting to think about not just kind of put it on the back burner and go, we'll deal with it when it happens. Cause.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because sometimes I think some credit are like, oh, that's never going to happen and, oh, I'll be retired by the time that does, so I'm not going to worry about it. It doesn't set the credit union for success long term. And I think that's one thing at Alliant, my boss, uh, Jason, has done is try to get us to think that forward thinking, like what is going to be down the road that we don't know about or how do we better prepare and keep our optionalities open um, to be agile and have the ability to adjust when we can. Uh, so I, I definitely think that's one of the things that credit unions going to have to open and, and be comfortable talking about that side of it.
1: So switching gears a little bit and going from fintech to talking about lending, we are, after all, at the CUNA Lending Council Conference. As vice president of consumer lending, what are some of the trends that you're starting to see or that you're seeing at your credit union?
0: I think one of the trends we're seeing is um, – that digital experience is really driving some consumer behavior in terms of what loans are getting with us. So we're definitely starting to see, you know, the unsecured loan is obviously through the fintechs becoming more popular. That short-term, short-need cash flow uh, loan is becoming more popular. I think consumers are coming, becoming extremely savvy. Um, I, they're always, you have those, but I think a, a broader group becoming more savvy in terms of they know they can click a button, get a, a lower rate. Um The indirect space is another thing I think that is intriguing to me from a standpoint in one of the sessions they showed how credit unions have done uh, more indirect lending than ever done before. But is it profitable? That's my big question. Uh, We've made considerable changes in the last three to six months, you know, increasing our rates, 100 basis points. Uh, And that profitability over time, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. As, As we all know, we're in the long end of a credit cycle and so it's coming everyone says it's coming at some time it's going to turn down so how, how do you belt your program to be, be able to withstand that from a profitability standpoint
1: and then what do you expect that members are going to want or need lending wise in 2019
0: i think one of the things we're really seriously considering is um we sunsetted a, a few products last year we're probably going to sunset more, some more on the consumer side and really try to be focused um I think consumers, again, uh, they truly want a frictionless, seamless process. And if, you, if we can focus all our resources on fixing that for a few key products, I think that's going to be the key for us. Um, and then also we're, we're dipping our toe in the water with auto leasing. That's something that we just started, we launched this year. So we're doing that. And then we'll continue with our, our indirect RV program that we're doing. So those are going to be big focuses in 19 as well as our credit card. Uh, We launched a Visa Signature Cashback card with uh, 3% cashback in the first year. So those are probably the three programs that we'll continue to focus on.
1: And what about challenges for next year?
0: Again, it's that profitability. It's that margin. You know, we're we're a little different than most credit unions. Our savings rate is uh, 190 base points right now. I think it's going to go up to 195. So we have to find ways to generate more yield to pay, you know, give that return back to our members in the form of deposits. So it's how do we adjust that and, and maintain that margin to be able to give, that, give back to our members.
1: And may, maybe you already touched on some of this, but on the flip side, bright spots for lending, I mean – you mentioned um, the signature cash back card. What other kinds of exciting things are happening at Alliant when it comes to lending?
0: I think it, it is that looking at all our products and really understanding how does that fit within our target market in terms of demographics and who we want to attract as members Um One of the things that we're really focused on is uh, improving those, that value propositions to ensure that we can attract and engage those members. So I think the exciting part for, again, the credit card's a great one. Uh, We just crossed 200 million in balances. It was uh, kind of a sleepy program last few years. We launched the Visa Signature Card. We're going to do revamping of the Platinum Rewards and the Platinum Card. And it's really that goal to provide... um, that value to engage members, to get them in the door. And, and one of the new things we're going to do that I'm very excited about in the team from our credit product strategy is uh, we're going to start targeting non-members with our card to attract new members in. And again, it's under that demographics or the idea that these are the members we want to attract. We're going to use this card to bring them in the door and obviously be make them uh, a profitable member.
1: And then anything that we've forgotten about or that you kind of want to bring up?
0: No, I, I think, again, I think this, it's changing so fast. I mean, I've been in the industry a while and it was kind of slow for a while, but recently it just seems like the pace of change for the credit unions and lending in in general is is faster than ever. And it'll be interesting to see where we end in the next five or 10 years. Again, with that ride sharing or autonomous vehicles, um, does that really play out how they they some think it will right. You won't own a car. You'll just press a button on your phone, or who knows by then on your hand, and all of a sudden a car will show up. I I don't know if it'll get there, but it's it's definitely exciting to to think about it.
1: Any idea why that pace has changed?
0: It's the technology uh, and the, the computers are becoming so so. For example, your phone. You know, ten years ago it would have been a bank of computer servers in a room to have this computing power, and now it's that that ability, your phone can compute at, I don't know how many millions a second, calculations a second. It's that ability that uh, technology is advancing it so quickly. Um, also, I think it's the consumers forcing it, right? That everyone's impatient now. I, I, I joke all the time with my wife that, uh, remember the day when you had to tell someone where you were going to be and you had to be there because you couldn't just text them? Like, if you weren't there, they were, didn't know where you were. I said, so, so nowadays, it's that instant gratification, the instant information, you can google anything you want that's probably driving consumers and obviously the technology is enabling it
1: and what have you thought of the conference so far i mean i know we're early it's only like a half day officially in.
0: it's great i mean i love this conference because again i've been coming for a long time and a lot of colleagues and peers and um friends that have gotten to know over the years and it's always great not only the sessions are great it's the networking it's the conversation what are you doing oh i tried this um We just had a great dinner with one of our partners, Experian, last night, and just the conversation around just random topics uh, with uh, four other credit unions or five other credit unions was, that's the value to me. The conference, there's a lot of uh, information here, and the sessions are great, but the real value is interacting with your peers and networking and finding opportunities to improve your business. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play.